Happy August, y'all. Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Anniston, Alabama. And I'm here with my music team, Gerald Roberts, our music director and keyboardist, Annie Ingram on trumpet, and Jason Wright, our worship leader and singer. Can you believe that we are in the eighth month of 2020? Raise your, raise your hand, show of hands, who among us thought that we wouldn't survive this long? Hmm? If you had told me in March that this pandemic would still be this bad in August, I'd have said that I wouldn't have made it. And yet here we are. God is good even when things around us are chaos. Amen? And today I want to say a special thank you to all of our frontline workers I know that a lot of people have been saying this from the beginning, but I just don't think it can be said enough. So thank you for what you're doing. To the doctors and nurses and medical staff, even the janitorial staff and the business staff and everybody who keeps the hospitals going right now, thank you. I know that one of our own, Rhonda Medley, has been on the front lines at RMC here in Anniston. And these last few weeks have been hell on earth for them. And for her, we love you and appreciate how much you and all of your families are sacrificing for our community. And thank you to the paramedics, the police officers, the firefighters, and all of the first responders who show up even when it puts them at risk. And I also want to say thank you to the less obvious heroes in our midst. Those who are the folks that make it possible for the rest of us to keep on living without being exposed to the virus. Those are the delivery people, the personal shoppers at stores like Walmart and Publix, the people bringing our supplies to our cars for us so that we don't have to go into the stores and restaurants and so on and so forth. You guys are heroes because you're doing your part to keep the rest of us from having to be saved by the nurses and doctors. By doing what you're doing, you're keeping us from having to go into the stores while still buying and receiving the things that we need. So thank you. And to all of you who are doing your part to keep the virus from spreading, those who are selflessly wearing masks, which are not to protect yourselves, but to protect others from you, to those who are staying home as much as is humanly possible, and those who are staying six feet or more away from others, who are washing your hands like crazy, and who are drowning yourselves in hand sanitizer, thank you as well. It takes a village to stay safe these days, and we are all in this together. And I also want to say thank you to all of you who have continued to support your churches, even when you can't be with them in person. You too are heroes. We live in insecure times when instinct tells us to tighten our belts and cut expenses any way that we can. And yet, you all have continued to give of your tithes and offerings so that the work of the church does not slow down. We have always said that the church is the people, not the building, and this pandemic proves that to be true. Even when we can't be in the building, our community has stayed strong and our faithfulness to God has been unwavering. Thank you. And so, if you feel moved to give today, please consider giving to God through us at First Christian Church. You can either go to our webpage at www.fccanniston.org, scroll down to the very bottom of the page, and click the Donate Now button. 
PayPal is the only functioning donation option for the time being. So even though the um, credit card option will pop up automatically, switch over to PayPal. Otherwise, you can donate by sending a check to First Christian Church at 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. And now, in the spirit of worship, I invite you to gather your elements for communion, bread or crackers, juice or wine, and to light a candle. Let us welcome in the light of Christ as we come to the Lord with adoration and love. Please pause this recording while you go and get what you need. Now, all of our hymns can be found in your Friday Reminders email. And if you don't currently get that email, contact us on your website and ask us to add you to our list. And now, let us sing our first two hymns, Marching to Zion and When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Some oldies but goodies. Let us sing together.
time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the road is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the road is called up yonder, when the road is called up yonder, when the today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 through 46 and 51 through 52. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid, then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Have you understood all this? The disciples answered, yes. And Jesus said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious and merciful God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Okay. Now, I would like you to think about that one thing that you don't have, but that you would give everything to have it. 
sometimes uh, these dreams, these things that we dream of having come back to us from our childhood, like, oh, I've always wanted to be a princess and live in a castle, or I dreamt of growing up to be a superhero like Superman or, or Batwoman, and I've dreamt of saving the world from evil. And other times we dream of having things like our own private jet or a beautiful horse or an entire game room slash arcade in our own homes or uh, I think some of you call those man caves. <laughs> have you ever wanted to have a movie theater or a bowling alley in your house? Well, that makes me think of the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. Well, I have always dreamed of having of living in the library of the Biltmore Estate. Not the whole mansion, just the library. I always said that if I had the Biltmore Estate library and a bathroom, I could be happy for the rest of my life. Or what about this? Have you dreamt of going to outer space? Or diving deep into the ocean in a submarine? Or have you wished that you had your own submarine? Or what about now? As we grow older, sometimes those dreams change. Do you dream of being younger? Or of having perfect health? Or of never getting old at all? Do you wish you were better looking? You were thinner or more athletic? Do you dream of being famous? Do you dream of having the perfect spouse? Or a baby? Or a beautiful home in a lovely, safe neighborhood? Do you wish you had more money? I've often dreamt of winning the lottery. Of course, I'd have a better chance of winning if I actually bought a lottery ticket, right? But when I dream of winning that lottery, I also dream of being able to do whatever I want to do for the rest of my life without having to worry about working a job or answering to anyone else. Funny enough, the things I dream of doing when I have all of the money in the world are very similar to what I'm doing now. It's just that I get to do them without worrying about getting paid. The thing is, the treasures we seek in this life might look different from one person to the next, but many of us, maybe even all of us, have things we would give anything to have or do, don't we? And in our scripture today, Jesus tells two parables about such treasures. The first one is the parable of the found treasure. A person stumbles upon a treasure in a field, hides it so no one else will find it, and then sells everything they have to buy the field and possess that tre treasure for themselves. And the second one is similar. A merchant searches for fine pearls. He looks and he looks, buying all of the nicest ones he can find, and then one day he comes across the most beautiful pearl he has ever seen. So he sells everything he has so he can have that most perfect treasure. And both times, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure so amazing that you would sell everything you have to be able to possess it. So let's just sit with that for a second. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure so amazing that you would sell everything you have to be able to possess it. 
The kingdom of heaven is so amazing, so beautiful, so breathtaking, so special, so wonderful, so indescribable that you would give everything you own to have it. That's what Jesus said it's like. And he's God, so he would know, right? So if the kingdom of heaven is a treasure better than any other we could possibly imagine, better than anything we've searched for, better than anything else that we could ever find, then why are we wasting our time looking for anything else? Well, if you're anything like me, then you might have a few follow-up questions uh, to that one. Questions like, what is the kingdom of heaven? And where is the kingdom of heaven? And how do we get to the kingdom of heaven? The first question, what is the kingdom of heaven, might seem obvious at first. After all, the answer is in the question, heaven. It's the place you go when you die, right? It's that place with all the clouds and angels and golden streets and pearly gates and whatnot, where you hear beautiful music all day and there is no pain or sadness or trouble, right? But that's just so far off, further for some than for others, but still it is a goal only attainable if we die. There is some motivation for people to give up the things of this world for the glory of the next, but for most, it might seem a little premature, especially for the young. So if Jesus isn't specifically talking about heaven, where we go when we die, when he says the kingdom of heaven, then what exactly is he talking about? Well, when you want to know something, where does every curious human being of the 21st century turn? Wikipedia, of course. And Wikipedia says, kingdom of heaven is a phrase used in the Gospel of Matthew. It is generally seen as equivalent to the phrase Kingdom of God in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke. Thought to be the main content of Jesus' preaching in the Gospel of Matthew, the Kingdom of Heaven described a process, a course of events, whereby God begins to govern or to act as King or Lord, an action, therefore, by which God manifests his being God in the world of men. The source for this quote comes from a book written in 1974 when there apparently weren't any women, which is, of course, why it says the world of men. If it were written today, it would say the kingdom of heaven described a process whereby God begins to govern or act as king or lord, an action by which God manifests his being God in the world of humans. Either way, the kingdom of heaven is a process in which God slowly but surely takes over God's sovereign reign of the world. This is a process that many theologians believe began with the birth of Christ, and will continue until Christ comes back once and for all. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is a state of being where God is the ruler of all. Which leads me to the next question I asked. Where is the kingdom of heaven? And the answer to that is here. The kingdom of heaven is here now. It is becoming, as we speak, in our minds and in our hearts, thus in the world. 
I know it doesn't look like it these days, what with all the pestilence, rioting, earthquakes, and so forth, but I assure you the kingdom of heaven is developing in and around us right now. In Frederick Beekner's book, Wishful Thinking, A Seeker's ABC, he says the kingdom of God or heaven is not a place, of course, but a condition. Kingship might be a better word. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Jesus prayed. The two are in apposition, which is the condition of being side by side or close together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Insofar as here and there and now and then, God's kingly will is being done in various odd ways among us even at this moment. So the kingdom has come already. Insofar as all the odd ways we do his will at this moment are at best half-baked and half-hearted, the kingdom is still a long way off. A hell of a long way off, to be more precise and theological. He says, as a poet, Jesus is maybe at his best in describing the feeling you get when you glimpse the thing itself, the kingship the kingship of the king official at last, and all the world his coronation. It's like finding a million dollars in a field, he says, or a jewel worth a king's ransom. It's like finding something you hated to lose and thought you'd never find again. An old keepsake, a stray sheep, a missing child. When the kingdom really comes, it's as if the thing you lost and thought you'd never find again is you. And this leads us to the final question. How do we get to the kingdom of heaven? You may be thinking, well, that's just great, Laura. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field that once found, you'll want to sell everything you have to buy the field so that you can possess the treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like the greatest gem of all gems in the world. And once you find this gem, you'll sell all the others you own just to have this one. The kingdom of heaven is here now and all around me, you may say. And maybe even it is in me, but I don't feel it. I don't see it. And I certainly have no idea how to get it. So what good is it to me? And if you're thinking that, well done. That's the million-dollar question. How do we attain this invaluable treasure that Jesus says is the only thing worth having in the whole world? Well, there are two ways to get it. One, you can stumble upon it like the dude in that field. He wasn't looking for it. He just happened upon it. But once he did find it, he recognized its worth and did everything he could to hold on to it. That could be you. It was certainly how I ended up living in the kingdom of heaven. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't want it. I certainly didn't know I needed it. I was just a kid after all, maybe 14 or 15 years old. I can't even remember anymore. But I don't, but I didn't know that there was anything out there to find. And yet here it is. And it's mine. On the other hand, you can go out and look for it. Like the merchant in the second parable, you can search the world over for the kingdom of heaven. 
You can go to different churches. You can read the Bible. You can sit down with ministers and ask lots of questions. You can spend time out in God's creation. You can do any number of things to look for the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you as well. And Matthew 7 and 8 Matthew 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. In other words, if you want it, it's yours. All you have to do is ask. But Laura, you might say, I believe in Jesus. I have the kingdom of heaven in my heart. And still, the world is a cesspool of chaos and I am suffering. And I know what you mean. We live in a world that is not yet fully under God's control. It is in a state of becoming. But the kingdom of heaven dwells within us now, this day. There are many around us who have neither stumbled upon this incredible treasure nor have they thought to look for it, or they found it but didn't recognize what a prize it was and they let it slip away. Until either God finally comes and takes control or until all people finally accept the gift of heaven that is offered to them through our Savior Jesus the Christ, then there will be chaos and suffering in this life. But when we have that spark of hope, that light burning within us, that then the darkness without holds no power over us, especially when we tend to that spark like a campfire, fueling it with scripture, service to others, prayer, love, love, and love. Love for God, love for yourself, and not, and not selfish love. Loving yourself as God sees you and knowing your value in the kingdom of God. And then your love for everyone else. Loving others as you love yourself. When we continue to tend that flame, that light, it will begin to shine, not just within us, but without as well. And that light will act as a beacon to others still in the dark. They will see the light within you and they will seek out what it is that you have. And that is the treasure that you will do anything to possess. And because God's grace is so perfect, it is a treasure that is not exclusive to one owner. No, it is a treasure that everyone can have. Because once one person has it, it duplicates itself for the next person. It spreads and grows and is generous to everyone who wants it. God's grace allows us all to be in possession of the greatest wealth creation has ever known. It is the only wealth that lasts for eternity. And once we have it, nothing else will seem as important. Money will neither be something we want nor worry about because in the kingdom of heaven, God takes care of our needs. Things will no longer have the power over us that they once did because we will finally be able to see that they pale in comparison to God's love. When we dwell in the kingdom of heaven, 
The traumas of this world will no longer have power over us. The stressors will no longer seem so bad, and the worries of the world will begin to melt into a small, manageable mass that God can and will handle without a problem. The kingdom of heaven is the only thing in this life that you really need, and if you already have it, it's the only thing you'll ever really want again. If you don't have it yet, don't worry. Be like that merchant who sold the pearls. Be on the lookout for the greatest treasure of them all. Seek out that kingdom, that ultimate prize that God has for you. Seek it and find it and then share it with everyone you meet. And once you have it, it's yours for now and for all eternity. Amen? Amen. Now, a little bird told me that this next hymn is a favorite of Starla's and of Renee's. So if that's true, I expect to hear you both singing just a little bit louder than the rest of us. And now I invite you to sing together this old hymn, but one that is brand new to me, Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. Let us sing. Glory fills my soul. 
If you are a person who is still seeking the kingdom of heaven, I encourage you to join us for this meal. It's a simple meal, just bread and wine, but it's a meal that will sustain you for the rest of your life. This meal was prepared by God himself, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and Jesus invites you to his table. Other humans may have told you at one point or another that there is no room for you at this table. If they did, then they were wrong. Like the treasure that grows when you share it, the table of the Lord grows with each person who sits at it. Like the treasure we all seek, it was put here for everyone who wants it. The kingdom of heaven begins with the body and blood of Jesus. Come to the table and receive the treasure that you seek. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would place a treasure in our path just laying there for us to pick up. So simple, so pure, so perfect. A treasure that was created in your death and in your resurrection. We thank you, God, for blessing us with the gift of the kingdom of heaven. As we take this bread and as we drink this wine, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore and guide us as we seek to share the treasure with everyone we meet. Amen. Take and eat the body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Now let us sing together our communion hymn in the sweet by and by. Prepare us a dwelling. 
Join me in the Litany of Remembrance, which you can find in the About This Episode section of the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ Christ died. died. Christ was raised. Christ Christ will will come come again. again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. And now as you leave this time of worship, remember the gift that was given to you by God in Christ Jesus. Remember the love of the cross and the miracle of the resurrection, and know that the miracle lives within each of us. Carry that miracle into the world. Share the treasure with everyone you meet. Amen. And now let us sing our hymn of going forth when we all get to heaven.
Oh, baby. 